Naturalized. This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus. Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores. It's 3-0 United States. Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And you will notice a pause as there is no beam this week. Yeah, he's been on vacation. I was on vacation last week. That's why we didn't have an episode last week. He will be back, Will Brandon Beam, next week, where we will get back into talking about all the things you want to hear us talk about. Like, you know, what's going on with the Columbus crew with regards to signing uh, supposedly a Premier League striker. That's been a rumor that's been out there. We'll talk more about that. This new Major League Soccer TV deal, which is awesome. We will talk more about that next week. Uh, it's I, I say it's awesome. It's got some ups. It's got some downs, but we'll get into all that next week. Also, plenty of other discussion when it comes to transfer news around the world, uh, how the U.S. men's national team looked on their final tune-up games before the World Cup. But today we've got a little bit of a special treat for you. What we are going to do, what I am going to do is talk with a couple buddies of mine, a couple buddies of Beamers. You know, chops from everywhere here on the fan. He, of course, is on Bishop and Friends Mondays, nine to noon, Monday and Fridays, Monday through Fridays, nine to noon right here on the fan. You've also maybe heard Daniel Barnett. He does a lot of new stuff for has done new stuff over the years for ONN. Either way, the both of them together are nerds and they love to nerd out about things. They love to review movies. They love to look at pop culture. They have a podcast called Nerd Association. I have been on it before. I will probably be on it again. The point is, I thought, why not have those guys on our podcast to talk about a movie that I like that I've watched many times over the years called Green Street Hooligans. Now, this is a soccer movie in some ways it is also a movie about just coming of age stuff like that different social issues come up in this anyway the point is it's an interesting movie that somewhat revolves around soccer so i figured let's do that this week while beamer's out next week we'll get into the juicy soccer tidbits that you know and love on this show so nerd association check it out wherever you get podcasts including the fan app you can of course listen on the fan app as well go subscribe to their podcast though wherever you get this podcast just Find Nerd Association and subscribe to that and enjoy this conversation. We will be back next week, like I said, with the regular schedule. Till then, thanks and enjoy. Let's bring in some other friends from the podcasting world. And uh, one of the other fine podcasts we have here at The Fan uh, is a little thing we call Nerd Association, which if you've not checked it out, uh, Chops, a.k.a. Mark Finch and Daniel Barnett, they do an excellent job every week breaking down something from nerd culture that's why we call it Nerd Association. Um, and they have graciously agreed to join me and talk about a soccer movie. Since it is a soccer podcast, they're really good at breaking down movies. I thought, let's marry these two concepts together and let's make it happen. So, Chops, Daniel, good to have you guys in. Thank you for the kind words and the introduction. Yeah, very nice. I was upset that you didn't choose the big green the children's movie from the 90s when you said soccer films. But right. this one was actually probably more appropriate for the adult audience here. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I thought yeah, about that. if you that. can call this film appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure. So uh, we, we I actually offered to Chops the opportunity of two films, and I said, I, I'm guessing you haven't seen either of these. I'll throw them out there. You let me know what you think, which one you are interested. And I gave you no info other than basically a title and a synopsis, quick synopsis, right? Barely even synopsis, okay. almost and, more and like covers, right? genre. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. Like subgenre. Okay, yeah. So yeah. I gave you Goal, The Dream Begins, which is a story about a guy who comes from America and makes it, tries to make it in English Premier League. So that's more of a sports, sports movie. 
Then I gave you the other one, which is Green Street Hooligans, and this is the one you selected. This is the movie we're going to talk about today. Uh, and I framed that to you, I think, roughly as like a more about the stuff around the game, fan culture, not so much the actual game itself on the field. You said the term that hooked me in, and Daniel knows this from our time on Nerd Association. You said it's more of a coming-of-age story, and I yep. said, yep, that one. I'll <laughs> yeah. do that one. Plus well, Elijah Wood. Yeah. Well, I didn't even tell you, Elijah Wood, because I thought that might just sway you, given there's this whole Lord of the Rings thing he ended up being kind of famous for later. So I thought, actually, that was before this, right? That was yeah. been, so in this, in the middle of all his of all of his Lord of the Rings fame, he's making this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, I, there was Back to the Future Part Two, Lord of the Rings, and then Green Street Hooligans. I yes. mean, after a year and a half in New Zealand, I'm sure he was looking to do something a little quicker, just a quick buck, <laughs> yeah, something right. a little different. And of course, he was trying to shake that. Uh, that you know, wholesome boy, yes. young guy That's sort right. of image. I think this was his way of trying to do something a little edgier. I think you're right on that. That makes a lot of sense. So before we dive into this movie and what you guys thought of it, because you both have watched it now, mm-hmm. um, what what did you guys? I'll do something that you guys actually do on Nerd Association, which you should go download their podcast and subscribe to it. Just search for Nerd Association wherever you get this podcast or wherever you get Bone and Beam United. Go and find Nerd Association. Do the same thing. What comes to mind when I say the word hooligan? I think, I mean, personally, I think I had a rough estimation of what this movie shows you, which is just sort of like, you know, young, drunk ruffians. Mm. It's kind of how I thought, like a really, really excitable fans. Yeah. I don't think, and I know we're going to get into this, I don't think I associated it with crime organizations. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Uh, Which is, I think, the way this movie uh, portrays it. But yeah, so I was a little... A little surprised. Chops. Yeah, like one, st- the way the movie portrays it is like one step below organized crime. It's yeah. like disorganized crime. It's disorganized but- crime. <laughs> Which I right. guess is, yeah, I mean, that like is, I don't know, is disorganized crime a term? Who knows? But uh, the hooligan word, I definitely like, I've heard of soccer hooligans before, and it, it, that's what these guys are. They're basically fans who really support their team. That was one of my questions going in. I was like, do they even care about the soccer? And then they finally go to a game in the movie and they, they seem to care. They seem to actually care about their team winning and performing. So that's good. But then they also use it as an excuse to run around in a big group of people and get into brawls essentially. Yes. Yes. They very much do. So, uh, so green street hooligans is the movie we picked. And like you said, it does star Elijah Wood as Matt Buckner, a Harvard student, Harvard, student who is framed for uh having drugs in his dorm room gets kicked out of harvard jeremy van holden yes that's right he did not van holden what a sleaze what a sleaze ball right off the right off the bat you've already got someone that you hope at the end there's some kind of comeuppance in this movie and spoiler alert there is but at the end of at the end of all this the the premise of this movie is kid gets kicked out of harvard who is very promising as a journalist goes to England to see his sister who lives there, meets her husband and his brother, brother of sis, brother-in-law of sister, is, is a hooligan. How far does brother-in-law go? Because that's the, like, two degrees of separation, because his sister's husband is definitely his brother-in-law. But is his uh, yeah, brother your enough. brother-in-law? No, I was. Yeah, I think, that's I right. Think technically, he is. Yeah. Well, There's I'm no, saying, like, once removed type yeah, thing in there. Know. So that's his sister's brother-in-law. Yeah, that's what I'm so like, I don't know if that's his 
brother-in-law. I don't, I don't know think that, that counts. Yeah. I don't think I, that really counts. I yeah. think it does, but the point is, is yes. They, Either you way, know, there's a relationship. The, yeah, the the two the two people are married, and the brothers of those two people are the ones that end up sort of being the ones you root for. In the yes. film, or the the protagonists, those or are, the yes. or the lead and the you know supporting actor. Those are the yeah the two that you're kind of the whole thing is focused on. So very quickly after getting to England, he has a falling out with uh, his sister's husband, ends up staying. With brother, who is the violent soccer hooligan, and we may as well. Name, this is Charlie Hunnam. This yes, is one of probably yes. one of his first sort of notable roles. He plays a character called Pete. Yes, Pete Dunham. And what else has Charlie Hunnam been in? Like as far as for people, Sons might of know Anarchy from, is the thing I that's think he's the big biggest one, yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, that and Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's, he's one of those actors though that's in quite. He's in a lot of stuff. He's recognizable. You'll probably and he plays if, a tough. If really you've never well. seen he's Green like a King Street Arthur, yeah, yeah, or Robin Hood, one of those, one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those two. This is hey, this is why you guys are here. It's Nerd Associate. I'm, yeah. I'm the one who forgets soccer team names. I can't. I can't also be re- responsible for forgetting all of the actors' names in movies. But yeah, so anyway, good cast. I thought in this for the most part. You really needed like four or five solid actors for mm-hmm. most of it, and everybody else is just kind of filling supporter roles where they have one note more or less. But the 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 movie centers around an American journalism student who goes to England and gets immersed in English soccer culture, but not the normal English soccer culture, the very violent Ooh. soccer firm yeah. hooligan culture where you end up fighting before and after matches with the other team's hardcore fans. And this gets very violent. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of F-bombs. There's a lot of words you can't say on the radio. Words but, you shouldn't even insinuate on the radio, Yes, quite words frankly. I can't quite, yes. There's a <laughs> lot of lot I do of like the way they trade words before the, the fight starts and they're standing in lines. And yeah. It's like... Um, a non-musical British West Side Story, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, there is this sort of the, the yeah exactly the, the rat a tat tat to it, the, and the, then the fight the, starts. The patter that goes right before the fight. Yeah, yeah. And one thing, <laughs> the big to, number <laughs> to be to be very clear about this movie. Like, if you go to watch it, just be aware. I mean, they are trying to portray right or wrong. They are trying to portray what soccer hooliganism has been like in England for many years. The real life version of soccer hooliganism, while it still does crop up from time to time. England has done a very, they have been trying very hard to stamp it out as wherever possible, whenever they can. Well, that was one of my big questions, and I didn't research it because I wanted to get your take on it. Like, in this film, soccer hooliganism is portrayed as gang violence. I mean, it's a pretty one-to-one comparison. Like, is it really that... In the States, as rabid as your fandoms get, people don't look to get into possibly life-ending fights over sports. Right. Not in giant time. gangs. You hear individual yeah, stories. Yeah, maybe a bar fight every like, now and again. But, like, well, I think spoiler the, alert, in this film, they, they Molotov cocktail a bar in part of it. Yes. And they're both rooting for the same team in that case. <laughs> well, not, necess- not necessarily in that case because that's two different teams. Either way, we'll get okay, there. Yeah. But, yes, but... Uh, to answer that question, I mean, I think the biggest thing with soccer hooliganism over the years, and this is not from this movie, this is just from what I've understood of it, of following European soccer, English yeah. soccer. It's not just in England. It is European soccer has, I mean, they have, you can go to Red Star Belgrade is famous for, they have they have some, some firms there, some supporters groups, some hooligans, however you want to phrase yeah. that, that get as violent as anywhere in the world. Uh, down in South America, Boca Juniors and River Plate, mm-hmm. they have had matches. This is Boca Juniors and River Plate are both in Argentina. They are. This is like you know Red Sox, Yankees, yeah. Ohio State, Michigan. Name your sports rivalry. They have had to cancel matches because of the fan violence 
outside of the matches, the local governments, the officials in the local governments often say they will not get elected in particular neighborhoods to like, you know, city council type positions if they are seen supporting the wrong team and then running it. So it's, it's very, it's a very realistic portrayal in the sense that there are some guys in certain pockets of the world who have some level of power and influence and kind of operate a little bit like a crime family, like a gang, like however you want to phrase that. I mean, it, it's not as prevalent as it used to be, thank goodness, but it it certainly has happened, and it used to be very much more prevalent in England. Well, and because of how violent it is, and the I mean, they certainly scram when the cops show up. Yes, but they don't really seem to fear police intervention very much. Well, and in fact, or some consequences of them are, some of them are for what they're doing. The force. There's like they have a guy who's on the force that gives them the phone call to warn them about. That's right. right. Yeah, like. Oh, they, no, no, no. That that scene you're talking about, I believe I want to say that guy is like a pilot or or something in that way. Like, I okay. don't think I don't think he works. I think he is. I think he's actually a pilot, but his uniform does sure. look like P- that point being. Yeah, I don't I agree with you. And it's if they don't have somebody on the inside, there's certainly I mean, there's the scene with the bar fight where he walks out with a pint and like tips it to the police officer and sort yes. of gives him a wink and a nod. And sure. And it gets. Oh, that's that's free. another thing, too. That's that's real. I, I would sure. say that from what I understand of it, that is a thing that. Yeah, there are hooligans who probably look at the cops and the cops and as long get familiar as did, with them because they're always in these fights yeah. and they always know who the troublemakers are and who's just out there kind yeah, of pushing Yeah, they have to they have to disguise themselves going into the game and when I saw that I was like are they just sneaking in and it didn't appear that it's just they don't want to be noticed as they're going right. in because hey these are the troublemakers who they shouldn't go in the stadium. Because that, yeah. they might get stopped before they can do anything quote unquote cool. But they do yes. officially have tickets and they yeah. go in. Yes. Well, and before we get too far away from the the violence aspect, I just want to say one more thing, which is, so the teams that are portrayed, uh, the team firms that are portrayed in this film are West Ham. Those are our sort of protagonists. West Ham is the the Green Street Hooligans firm, which isn't their real name in real life, but we'll get there. And Millwall, which, by the way... I recognize that name because there's a prison weapon called the Millwall Brick. Oh, really? <laughs> which, is, which is when you, okay. you take a newspaper into the soccer match and during it you roll it up into a really tight bundle and fold it three times and it's as dense as a brick. You can oh, wow. knock someone's teeth yeah. out with oh, it. That's, well, so. they, they also earlier in the in the movie talk about a Chelsea grin, yep. and that is also a term that comes from soccer hooliganism where they, again, they stick a credit card in your mouth, make you bite down on it, and then punch you in the face, yeah. and you end up with a Chelsea grin. So that's... They, it's like I said, it portrays that violence. There is some truth to what that is. It is hopefully not as prevalent now. I think if you go to a Chelsea West Ham game today, number one, the tickets cost a hundred dollars. So yeah. I, it might be a little tougher for that to occur. That is not quite the same thing. However, there's also been, I mean, there's still a lot of these, a lot of the people portrayed in these movies, a lot of the groups that you see, there have are a, guys who exist laws. like that. Yeah. And they've just either been rooted out of where they're banned from stadiums, they're not allowed to go, but they still root. Yeah. Or they are just aged out of it where you see in this in the movie too, right. there's an old guard that kind of gave it up and said, that's not worth it. Too, yeah. We were too young and dumb to, why did we do that? And the next generation doesn't learn that lesson yet and they get involved in it and it, it goes bad. So, uh, but yes, the the West Ham firm Green Street Elite is what they're called in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's based on the Intercity firm, the ICF, which is a real thing. That's a that's a real group. Yeah. Millwall is in real life famous for their supporters group. They are called the Millwall Bushwhackers and mm-hmm. they are also known to be infamous. You do not go down certain streets, you do not want to cross them. Right. Uh I like when he's going over the firms and the teams. He's like this team, great firm. 
blank team. Yes, this crap one. Yeah. Team. Blank firm and blank. Yes, yes. There is a chant that the Millwall supporters are famous for, which is "Nobody likes us, we don't care." If you've if you've seen that meme on the internet, yeah. they are one of the early ones that. Oh, so 20, they're the Boston Red Sox. Yes, okay. they're they're one of the first groups of fans that are known to have kind of made that their identity, and that's how they carried themselves. Is we know we're crap, we don't care. We know you hate our team. We don't care. Um, so the crux point of this movie is there's a guy called, uh, uh, not the Bobber? general. No, the, I was going to oh. say, there's, not the general. There's a guy called the, is it the captain, the general? Why the major. The major, that's right. The major. And he's this sort of presence that looms in the first half of the film as the guy. Who used to run the Green Street Elite, right. and he got out of it. And now this guy, Pete Dunham, the guy that Elijah Wood's character, Matt Bruckner, is hanging out, or Buckner's hanging out with, that guy is now taking over GSE from the major. Yeah. And he's trying to live up to what the major is. And he's not, I mean, maybe amongst the, the other GSE supporters, he's living up to it. But, like, reputationally, they're, like, still trying to work their way back up to being feared, I guess yes, is the right word. Yes, they're trying to be a feared, uh, violent, more violent group than they previously were. So they're coming through all that. Um, you later learn in the movie as it goes along that the major was standing alongside at a fight where the lead guy for the Millwall supporters, mm -hmm. his 12 year old son died in one of these incidents and the head Millwall supporter, Tommy Hatcher, Tommy Hatcher, he blames the major for it this. Even though, and they make it really clear, like Tommy Hatcher encouraged his twelve-year-old kid to get in one of yes, these scrums, yes, and it's, it's like, you it's, know, it's not, it's not. Tommy Hatcher was trying to make his kid into one of these fighters. Yes, and when this and it part, went wrong, yeah, and then didn't blame himself wrong. for what happened. He blamed others for it, and yeah, then and of course that, that comes to a head too. But yeah, and when yes. you learn about this story, you're not too far away from another scene where another fight that looks, you would say, goes way too far. Yeah. Uh, happens and it's weird because there's like it's not they they don't pull the rug out from you but there is something to why elijah wood is kind of charmed by this world his character matt why he's charmed by this world because he goes in there and he's like as soon as you get into a fight and you win or you you feel that you're like you kind of want to push yourself to the right. limit you kind of want to do that and it's almost romanticizing well the fighting a little bit and then they kind of turn it around and they say yeah yeah but it's really freaking dangerous and there's this weird sort of line they walk where in a way these soccer clubs kind or firms football firms juice sure yeah um kind of have an agreement that like you don't kick a guy when he's down there's like, some unspoken one, like, rules once a guy's gotten yeah. beaten up badly enough you leave him be the yeah, idea yeah there's there's an honor amongst thieves kind of thing a going a little there. bit even though they start by like throwing bricks at each other or bottles of <laughs> glass bottles or whatever True, there yeah. is this sort of like you you know when a guy's had enough and you leave him be like yeah. an anchor man, yeah. rule number one, <laughs> yeah. no touching of the hair or face. And it's sort of like, and I think this is a really good um, parallel to draw. I'll pat myself on the back. This is go. a fight club kind of movie about seven years too late where there's this like these young guys who don't know what to do with all this pent up aggression. And the movie tries to make a lot of social and political commentary. None of it goes quite far enough. Really. Yeah, right. It, it does. It, it leads down some pathways that I think at least gives you a chance to think on it further and maybe yeah, you why are these angry young men like what it's is this well, really all about a, football or is there something else going on yeah. here and in another yeah. way the a different group that the all the soccer hooligans hate that one might be a few years too early yeah for how they feel about journalists in this mm, and that yes. becomes a thing because matt is is a journalist but he's hiding that course, from them and the son of this really famous yes. journalist who is you know travels yes. the world and is this 
you know, famous correspondent. Yes, and things. yes. And so that that becomes a huge sticking point is Matt Bruckner try or Buckner. I keep calling him Bruckner. He keeps trying to shed that old person he was. Mm-hmm. Now he wants to be this tough guy, but his past keeps catching up with him, and he eventually is found out to be a journalist by these guys yeah. who trusted him, brought him in, and, and they're said, ready to kill as him. As long as you're it. not yeah. an American or a journalist, and he's like, well, I'm an American, but uh, yeah. I I'm a history, history major, yeah. right? And then it, it. How often does your straight lace life catch up with you in your <laughs> hooligan life? And that's what ruins it. I mean, I'll tell you, that's why I got out of hooliganism. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. That's exactly right. That's why I don't do exotic dancing anymore. Same thing. Yeah. No. I was going to say the journalist thing, since we're on that right now, one thing in the movie that they use it, they use the narration very sparingly. And it's almost like, I feel like they could have maybe gotten by without using it at all, or they could have gone full in and made the narration more of clear that this is his journal and like inner monologue as he's going through this stuff. uh, Because he narrates about um, getting kicked out of Harvard with only two months left. And then the next scene, he's talking to his sister about why he got kicked out of Harvard. And it's like, well, you could have just given me that two sentences of information in this conversation where you're already doing an exposition dump. And I almost didn't even need that scene because I kind of liked, now you probably need it for the end for it to work with the Jeremy Van Holden character. I would argue in in a minute. I liked it being ambiguous. I don't think we need that scene either. I liked it being ambiguous why he was being kicked out of Harvard. I liked And you, you get minute, a few minutes of that where you're sitting, and they're like, oh, why? And you, you, yeah. you get it, but you don't fully get it. And I kind of like the ambiguity there. And then they give it all away once he gets to, well, I don't, it's not London. What city are they in? No, like, yeah, they, that's London. they're London. Yeah. It's London? Okay. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. West, so all these, a lot of these clubs, by the way, like West Ham and Chelsea, they're in London. They just okay. are in different corners of London. And so, and, and again, some of them are up in the Premier League. Some of them are in second division, third right. division. So some, that's why like Millwall in West Ham had not played for a long time because they were not, I'm guessing in the movie, they were not in the same division is usually how that works. So what is this tournament that they do play in? Uh, that's the FA Cup. Okay. And so the FA Cup is where your fifth division team can play Manchester United. Right. So and it, if they win, it's like, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge deal. My, my brother's a fan of Peterborough United, who have been a third division team. They went up to the second division, but they got to play Manchester City at Peterborough. It'd be like if the Dayton this, Dragons played the Yankees. Yes, and, yeah. and you ho- and D- Dayton Dragons or whoever, the Clippers, yeah, can host on. the Yankees and beat them and then go play right. Manchester United or whatever. You know, the, I switched baseball to soccer. But you get the idea. So in this, they finally get to play Millwall. This big thing comes to a head. Um, Tommy Hatcher comes and... He's for, for blood. He's yes, ready to... When, when there's a little bit of a turncoat, who we mentioned briefly earlier, Bauver, who mm-hmm. is... Jealous of Matt Buckner coming in and kind of becoming the right hand guy yeah. to uh to Pete. Pete Dunham, he gets mad and goes to the other side and is like, Hey, just so you know, like the you want to go Yeah. You wanna go you need to go over there and check them out. Oh, and by the way, the major's back in the bar. Cause spoiler alert, now we find out the major is actually Pete Dunham's older, older brother, brother, who is the like husband of yeah. of Buckner's wife. Right. Sorry, of sister. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway. So now you find out that's why he didn't go to soccer matches. That's why he doesn't really want, right. you know, Matt to hang out with his brother because he's afraid of what's going to happen, all that stuff. And, of course, that comes to, I mean, spoiler alert. It's all spoilers. It's all spoilers. Um, that comes to a head when the Millwall chief comes in and sticks a broken bottle in the throat when, of the of the older brother. Of that the was major. a little shocking for yeah. me in the moment. I was well, like, oh, man, this is getting well, real And, of course, real it's right serious. after they throw a, a, a Molotov cocktail behind the bar. And well, it's, like, it's like, oh, you're here for blood. Like <laughs> To get how this movie goes, like, at that point, 
he says, hello, boys, and throws the Molotov yeah. cocktail in, and then they go into fight in the bar. Well, like they jump through the windows. Yes. Like- <laughs> they're showing how, like, we're putting a fire behind the bar to get you out of the bar, and then we're going to be in the entranceways to right. beat the crap out of you. And you do. So it's, yeah. I you mean, get a sense throughout the movie that Hatcher is a, a little unhinged or, like, doesn't abide by those, like, uh, unspoken rules the as much. Thieves, the right. um it's the scene when he first sees uh, Bobber in his side of town or whatever, and they're in a diner, and he's sitting there eating, and he's trying to talk to him, and he tells everybody to be quiet, and this woman is Like this laughing. couple on a date. Yeah. yeah, and he goes over, and then as they exchange a few words, and the, the woman's like, I, why do we have to be quiet? We're here, too. And then he just starts slamming that's a really this polite, guy. That's a really has... polite way of framing that conversation. <laughs> There's a lot of real derogatory slang oh, yes, that's thrown yes. around. But yeah. then he just starts slamming the guy's head into the well, this guy has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he is Tommy Hatcher is supposed to be a very unhinged character. You're 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 contrasting that with like the the major who now you've started who's you, matured and has gotten out. Yeah, of it. who's out yeah. of it, and this guy's still in it. And you kind of also get. I that's where like they do a good job with the commentary of like, see if you stay in it, it rots you. It, right. It ends in death and misery, and you're just this rotten, horrible person. If you get out of it, maybe you can actually have a better life, or maybe you can't because maybe you get sucked back in and you get a thing through your neck and now you're yeah. in the hospital but <laughs> yes yeah, so, and and that was um are you familiar with the term fridging like a character gets no. fridged so there's this this literary trope uh and it comes from some comic book i want to say it's green green lantern but anyway the term comes from this protagonist's girlfriend or love interest being killed and stuffed in his fridge and he like comes home to find it mm. okay so you okay. fridge a character yeah, yeah and the idea is what's that in it, the box right <laughs> yes exactly and the idea is that this character only exists to be killed off in a shocking way and the only reason that matters is because of how it affects the protagonist right and so yes. you don't like usually says this character's underdeveloped or this character like is given a death that's undeserving for that character yeah, right and so you think in that moment the major is getting fridged they develop him enough to make him interesting, but right, but like they leave a lot more out there that you could have gotten, and that's a but good. But then, but then he gets at first. But, well, yeah, but then he survives, and it's like, oh, okay, so we're not, okay, we're not killing, so we're not, right. killing we're not killing off, we're not killing off people, sort of unnecessarily, uh, and then, I mean, biggest spoiler alert of all, after this this attack on the bar. Uh, there's a climactic ending fight. Yeah. They all now have out to go the settle it or whatever. Yeah. yeah, they get they go to like an old warehouse where they know a security yeah. guard who says you can come out here and settle it once and for all. And so the Millwall supporters and the West Ham supporters go to have one final like this is it. We're going to we're going to Actually, it's outside of the Millennium Dome, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's right so over it's, yes, which is around there, another yeah. sort of commentary yes. on yeah. <laughs> yes, or they're in the shadow of one of these glitzy beautiful places in London and they're about to do some of the most barbaric things right. you're going to see in this film. So and, and of course, then Pete dies. Yes, yes. Yep. The 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 Millwall leader <laughs> and, and, Tommy Hatcher beats Pete to death, kind of without re- without well, any sort of recourse. There is no, there's not any, and, and I think that's kind of the big commentary it takes away from this is, yeah, this this being engaged in this leaves you in a space where nothing's there's. There yeah. really is no honor among thieves. There is no fairness right. to any of this. Yeah. And well, I'm going all, with Tommy. There's no romance to it. Yeah. Pete is, he's not mortally wounded. That's after he beats him to death, but he's wounded enough that he can't effectively fight at all right. because he got because by Tommy Hatcher. He got brought like, a riot baton, yeah. which by the way, clearly is breaking the rules. Yes, that's ba- breaking the rules. Basically yeah. broke his kneecap with it. The yeah. Rules and, yeah. and you see there's a scene even where their guys for Tommy Hatcher, because he gets beat up too and he yeah. gets dragged away by his guys 
and Pete gets dragged away by his guys to kind of be in their own corners and right. keep them separate. And you think, okay, they're both going to. It's de-escalating. Yes, yes. And, and then and then uh, the major's wife shows up. Which Yes, uh, Matt Buckner's sister so shows up. <laughs> yeah, um, it was, this is where that part of Why? it really is. It's It kind of, it sucks how this movie ends because of the fact that Sister shows up with baby in car right. to gang fight. Yeah. And gets out of car and goes, Matt, <laughs> Matt. And you're like, why? And then they have say, a flight to and they catch. Say, get in the car and leave. Yes. They're all like, don't do this. <laughs> and, and she's sort of like, why? Why, why should why I? Should I, I, I <laughs> and then as the Which big, is not real. Like no one, no one should act like that. No. I, that's not a real, that was a very hard thing to swallow from this movie. I will say. Yeah. Um, but what that leads to is this moment where Pete has some bit of this is his character the whole yeah. way through he is an he is a very likable un not good person like yeah. he's doing bad things but he seems to always have this heart of gold in it and so in the and end he's like a, and, he's like and, a school teacher gym class yeah, teacher and we're, and we're sort of like skipping over the fact that Tommy Hatcher the Millwall leader blames the major and by extension Pete for the death of his 12-year-old yes. son even though he had, yes. they had nothing to do with it really right. and he explicitly says like one of you is going to die in in retribution yes. for it. So he and is, then of course the the, the and sister that's and of, the baby show up and it's oh actually I'll go get them your kid is going to be the one and he right. sends his heavy over there which that guy's almost just as and yeah. so, to, sorry to interrupt you, no, but that's where Pete, who is beaten, you know, with a broken leg and a broken Can't arm, defend himself. throws himself on, uh, basically. Um, well, he starts calling out Tommy Atcher and says, you didn't protect yeah. your son. And, and says so some heinous things to get Tommy Atcher to say, okay, never mind. Well, to I'm going to go he beat sacrifices you. Himself yes, he's, to keep. he's trying to. So, again, all through the movie, he gets this redemption kind of of. No matter what's going to happen to him, he's going to try to yeah. do the. He's going to stand up and try to do the right thing. Air quotes. But then you find out that that one of the most likable characters, major characters in the film, was fridged, so that yes. Buckner can go and like hold a fist above this coke snorting yes. politician. Yes, I know. Then I know. so that I was like, all right, you you, which I know, I'm sure some American film producer says, well, it has to end on a high note. <laughs> Yeah. So I you gotta was, put in this last scene. I really scene. don't think it did. Again, it was you. also like assumed that too, like learning from this that he would stand up for himself more in his yeah. Harvard stuff. But you again, you maybe don't even have to see it. Just that he goes back I, to so to goes your, back to America. To your point earlier, I think because um, this is what we do on Nerd Association is we take beloved properties and tear them down. Um, <laughs> I think to your point. It, it is a much better ending to the film if they do sustain the narration without. We don't need the first scene. We don't need the scene of him in the whatever, you know, the club yeah. uh, bathroom uh, threatening this guy. I think what happens is at the end of the movie, he's at Pete's funeral and you realize he's reading it from this memoir or this article that he's wrote, written yes. as a journalist. Yes. And like that's how we see actually... He realized there wasn't a romanticism to this life, and he did get things back on track. And like he's using this experience to honor. There's, you're right. The there's a way culture out of and this not <laughs> that leaves you with a more satisfying middle note, right. as opposed to like, ah, I got the cokehead jerk yeah. out of you know at the the, the way it ends. And, are like, so it was all worth it. Well, and I, again, it's <laughs> yeah. like you got you got a guy in a bathroom on tapes saying, "All right, fine, I did it. Are you happy, man?" And then it's like. Does Harvard take that and be like, I clearly know oh, who this well, is. Then, uh, we reinstate you. Yes. Like, I <laughs> yeah. think that's a little flimsy. So, yeah, you're right. They could have done this. The ending 
let the lot Didn't to be Didn't you desired. say your name was Jeremy Van Holden <laughs> and that you said you would help me if yeah. I covered up your drugs? Yes. Say it into my pocket. Yes. Yeah. No, it, it, again, I think some American producer, probably the original version of the film is a lot cleaner and some American producer was like, we have to tack on this first scene and we have to tack on this last scene because we needed to end they on could, this I mean, they could very well be reshoots because the way they do oh, the establishing sure. shots in Boston and with the, the Harvard yes. campus and stuff, you're just like, okay, yeah, I, I know where I'm at yeah, now. Yeah, like right, it's, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it does feel a little disjointed from the rest of it. More of our conversation with Daniel and Chops from Nerd Association is coming up next right here on Bowdoin Beam United, brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. conversation about Green Street Hooligans with Daniel Barnett and Chops, a.k.a. Mark Finch, from Nerd Association. Their podcast, they join me to talk movies. We're talking Green Street Hooligans today. Here's more of that conversation. One other thing I wanted to get as we're up against it, but I no, wanted to good. mention this. The uh, I thought the violence was shot really good. You can feel the erraticness of it, and it gave me... Um, it kind of reminded me of Danny Boyle and some of the scenes in 28 Days Later. Well, it almost feels the- like Braveheart a few, in a few places. Like, <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it borrows, right? It, yeah. I mean, again, any, any movie's going to borrow from, like, the epic great movies, right? But with your guys' point about the narration, too, I thought, I wonder if they didn't go full in on that because they thought, well, do we want to just be soccer good fellas then? Sure. As I, far yeah, back yeah. as I can remember, I didn't want to be a gangster. And then he becomes one. And, I think yeah. you can lean into it a little bit without going full but you're right. right. And if yeah. you do it, if you put it as the actual device, if he's a journalist and this is his journal, then it, and then you get yeah. that throughout, but they didn't do that. And so then it's just like tacked on narration but, to but, explain but to a your, few things. To your point, and I think you really summed it up. It's like West Side Story without the music and without the whimsy in a lot of there ways. There is. There is the a lot of The gang fights are very, like, very well choreographed. You There's enough chaos that you feel like you're in the scrum, but there's enough sort of structure that you know what you're supposed to be rooting for and who you're supposed to be, like, watching. And, yeah, no, it's – it. in a lot of ways, it, 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 it's Fight Club. Again, it's it Fight is. Club with football. Well, and I, I will say this. I am uh, not too far removed – I'm far enough removed from it now. But back in my younger soccer-watching days – I mean, this movie came out when I was in my early 20s, and I was sitting with a supporters group of Columbus Crew fans. Yeah that called themselves at the time the Hudson Street Hooligans, kind of by coincidence, but they were on Hudson Street and walked to the stadium, and that's where their name came from. So did the Columbus, the Hudson Street Hooligans, ever do anything that would have earned them that name, he says, dropping a hint for you to talk about See, a cool story? That's, well, what I will tell you is this. like The existence of Supporters Club in the mm, like early-ish days of MLS, the very early-ish days, it was like, and I don't mean this to be mean because I am one now, it was like, 40-year-old dads who took their kids to soccer games, right? right? And then as that grew a little bit, as English soccer got bigger, suddenly that whole notion of like, hey, we've got a local team. We've got bars near the stadium. Yeah. Let's go hang out there. Let's build a little identity and meet mm-hmm. every week, and let's get all the same guys that we all sit together. Let's have some identity. Let's get some T-shirts made that say what we call ourselves, and let's let's go travel to away games. And I have been on away trips. I went to Toronto specifically. International incident, if you will. On a bus trip, no less. Mm-hmm. But we, Toronto and the crew tied 1-1 in this game. Uh, the crew, though, critically, got the goal they needed to secure the Trillium Cup, which was this made-up thing between the crew and <laughs> Toronto. Okay. It was like nothing. But 
I don't know. When, when, it, when you said that, you could have convinced, because of all the different things that exist They've in come soccer, up with so many, right? you this could was, have convinced me it was real. before FC Cincinnati and before all these other more natural rivalries. They said, well, Toronto's kind of close to Columbus. Let's give them a rivalry. Sure. And they both have the Trillium flower as like a provincial flower yeah. and a state flower for Ohio. And so they, they did that anyway. That trophy was kind of meaningless. But Danny O'Rourke, one of the tough guy players of the crew, saw the hundred or so crew fans that were in Toronto and he like brought it over and like held it up for us. It was pouring rain beer costs $17. It was a miserable day, but we won on the road and it felt really good as we're going to go back to our buses. We were told we had to wait because there were Toronto fans that were waiting for us outside. And we're all like, what, what? That's (laughs) not what. And so we kind of kept walking down different entrances and they kept following. And eventually the, the stadium security like, well, we're going to form a little perimeter here so you can walk through this like tunnel. But they were on all sides, yeah. screaming, yelling. And sure enough, guy grabbed crew fan scarf off his neck, which is a big no, no. Right. Crew guy turns back and is like, hey, don't do that. Give me my scarf back. And then they start swearing yeah. and yelling and pushing and shoving. And sure enough, a full on thing broke out to where they have, you know, some mounted police there in, right. in Toronto. They have regular police, too. They were around and they hopped into action mm-hmm. and had to take down some of the Toronto supporters. I'm not joking when I tell you this. I saw a guy who n- had to be 6'8", 500 pounds, like just the biggest Big, human I've yeah. ever seen <laughs> in a Toronto jersey. He took a Paul White was there? Yes. <laughs> he took a swing at someone in a crew jersey, missed, was drunk, fell over, ran into like the side of a car, yeah. like landed kind of like hit the door with his back of his head and shoulder and then fell to the ground the police then jumped on him and in my remembering of it it was they hogtied him and then pepper sprayed him but it might have been pepper sprayed him and then hogtied Ooh, him. Well, who knows either way one of those feels like a geneva convention violation anyway <laughs> the point is like it like i saw some stuff back in the day Did okay but, we well, have but, to but, but did also, you throw or oh, no. take no, no. any punches well that's this this particular trip there were also like there were like dads with kids on this trip and like there were it was mixed it was you know it was men and women and younger guys and older girls and everybody in between like there was no like this was not like what you see in this movie where there's just like a a bunch bunch of young tough young barely out of college age guys going and fighting they're all ages so a lot of us ended up being more in the like let's get all the The kids on the bus and let's not (laughs) let's not engage let's de-escalate this so but i will tell you so we get on this bus Every head was accounted for. They had a checklist of how many right. people. They made sure everyone was good. And then the Toronto fans kind of fizzled out and went away. Once, once it was accounted that everyone was on the bus and everybody was good, there was a whole bunch. I mean, from every, I'm talking from the little kids to the grown ass people to everyone saying, hell yeah. Like yeah. everyone kind of was like, <laughs> like we, we got through it. We're, yeah. like, there's this, there's this weird bonding, bonding thing of like trauma. Yeah. You didn't mean to go into that, but once you've gone through it, then yeah. there's this bonding thing that happened. And, and that's so, what Matt goes through. He's ready yeah. to leave after he goes so to that first match. He's like, this that, was kind of fun. That seems, I'm telling you, that seems ridiculous. But as someone who accidentally oh, no, it, ended up in one of those. I can see that. Like, I can get how if you got mixed up in it initially, you may not ever want to do that again. Or you may go the way he did, which is to say, I these are yeah. my pals. I'm lifelong friends now. I want to do this every week. Like, that's. I didn't get that, but I can see how someone would. And now a soccer team I didn't know existed 48 hours ago or yeah. 24 <laughs> right. hours ago. Yeah. Now I ride and die for that. I'm getting well, a tattoo of them on my chest. Yeah. I mean, that, some of that was over the top, right? Not, not to be the guy who's like, hey, cool story, but I was asking about the other thing. Oh, go ahead. 
wasn't there a hmm, wasn't there a famous incident between West Ham and oh, Columbus yes. Crew? There was. Yes, there was. <laughs> Since so, we're uh, trying to tie these two yes, things. That's yeah. right. So West Ham, there was a Sorry, brawl. I mean, okay. I know you weren't there for that one. <laughs> that's okay. There was a brawl among more than 100 fans at halftime of an exhibition match in 2008, July 20th, 2008. That was when West Ham visited the crew. And there were, yes, yeah. there were some West Ham fans. We're not sure. I, I had buddies that were at that game. I did not get to go. I was out of town. Mm-hmm. But that was right when I was going, and I had season right. tickets, and I would have normally been at that game and would have been in that section. From what I understand, there were a few guys that had the English accents that were there from England, and they were cool as hell. Right. There was a guy that was drunk that had a, like, I'm from Cincinnati accent or something. Right. And <laughs> he wanted to, like, be a hooligan and started things in the stands. Got it. And then that got up onto the platform. If you remember Old Crew Stadium, right. they had like the up, you know, you walked up out of your seat. Where there was usually a fancy car or no. Yes. <laughs> and then once that happened, then there became a group of people that started dividing up and pushing and shoving. Okay. And because it was so like, maybe not quite as pure of a. Yeah. Then all ham broke loose. But, but ah, it, I'll God. tell you the most, the most real thing from this. Yeah. From that movie is how journalism treats soccer fans. Because in this, the headline, this was in the New York Times that I got this article from. Hooliganism follows British team to Ohio. So I am quite sure all those West Ham fans were like, we weren't even in Ohio. Like, what do you mean hooliganism? Like, (laughs) ah, it's the journals again, right? Like, that that is a real thing that does exist. So there's a lot of this that does mirror some reality. Probably most of what was portrayed as happening in like 2005, 2006 in this movie. Yeah was probably more like 1975, 1980, 1985. Sure. That's when that stuff was really more like what's portrayed in this movie. But, yeah, there's still some remnants of it that you see in world soccer today. So now my question for you guys. Okay. Do you find yourself more interested in any aspect of soccer after watching that? Or do you find yourself going, eh, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this. I would say I like the movie enough to watch another hooligan based movie mm, but I don't, it didn't get me more in into soccer no. right and i'm already a soccer slash foot football slash football fan go. and Perfect. so no it doesn't make me want to i mean i like the the camaraderie i like the you know meeting at the pub and throwing back a few pints getting a little tipsy supporting your team like that all sounds fine i'm into that yeah uh i'm of an age now where i don't think i want to start throwing Nucks. No, I don't either. At anyone, <laughs> or um, or be well, on the receiving also, end of nucks. We're we're all bigger guys. You and I are yeah. taller too. Like those are the guys that get targeted when you're in groups like that. Like, oh, yeah. go for the big guy. And it's like I don't want to fight anybody. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. Uh, it's totally understandable. Well, well, though I guess I mean if I were in that situation, and I'm not a particularly tough dude, but yes. I am six foot four and like, you know, 275. I could probably knock down. I could probably knock Bobber down. And that's right. There's a few of those guys. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's it, though. If Elijah Wood threw a punch at me, I would probably just go, what? Like, it is, it is jarring how skinny he is in this movie. So small. Such a tiny human. And then, which made sense given like his other more famous roles. But yes, that overall, this movie is, is, it's it's, fun. Yeah, I, oh, there are apparently sequels. The there sequels are, are supposedly not. They, not don't, they didn't look very good. The sequel, the <laughs> so so, I think it's just called Hooligans Two. I don't even know if they it's went Hooligans Green Street Hooligans Two. Hooligans two. One of them's Hooligans Three is called Stand Your Ground. Yes. So the Hooligans second the second is, one involves uh, Dave, who's one of the like also guys yeah. in this. Uh, he goes Stand to, Your Ground. The other Never ones. Back down. Some of these guys go to prison after that fight. Yeah. And Dave is the main character in the second one, and he. 
is then involved in like defending himself in prison and trying to get out of prison and not get killed in there. And, gets further from the point. Yes. Of so it's more the it's, they get about, really yeah. down into the fighting aspect and less into the like, is this good or not kind of discussion that can come out of it. So Green Street Elite does or Green Street Hooligans does give you that like chance to kind of ponder some of that. Yeah. Um, but it also has got a lot of gratuitous, you know, there's a, again, it's it's depicting people who use homophobic slurs, who use very Racial racist slurs, racist say, slurs. Yeah, yes. uh, you know, misogynistic, yeah. blah, blah, every, every sort of insult. Yes. You so can be think aware of. of that if I, you're going to watch. Apparently, it. it might be a kind of a hard movie to find. So I clicked on this box set. $130 for the there three of them. Wow. A U.S. import Green Street Hooligans, like the NTSC, so they'll play on your U.S. devices. Yes, right. yes, yes. $96. That's I, crazy because... I, now, if you have a YouTube, you might be able to find it on it's, there. We've you heard might it's on, be able we've to heard find it's it on there. YouTube, <laughs> yeah. perhaps in its entirety. I, I will say one last kind of thought from my perspective. I have made the comparison to Fight Club. I think it is one of those movies, if you saw it when you were closer to the age of the characters in those films, yeah. closer to when it was released, Yes, you probably, as an angsty teenager or 20-something, were like, yeah, so like solidarity with my mates and like going yes. out to the bar, right. blah, blah, blah. And it is one of those films that you watch it now and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I get the point, but it's not nearly as quote-unquote cool to me as no. it used to be. No, the part I like the most is the singing and beer, and then yeah. you walk to the stadium yes, and you, exactly. you all cheer on your team. Well, that's but, the part, like that, and that whole like the song they're singing, like yeah. Bobber sings that blowing bubble Bubbles, song yeah. as he's drunk, laying on the bench. That is the real club song they oh, sing. I, I assumed uh, that was my yeah. favorite part they, of the movie. Actually, was yes. when Bobber gets woken up by the cop after passing out, and he rubs his head. <laughs> And he just takes off running. <laughs> yes. And the cop's just like, whatever. It's, it just shows it's like he's always thinking about how to, how to, that's what, you, that's the life of a hooligan. You yeah. always got to be on your toes, right? But yeah, there, there are like songs. That's the thing that does really that come through for that. For me, football fandom great, soccer fandom yes, great. Yes, if you could do that without the fighting. And that's largely what England has been trying to do for sure. the better part of 50 years. So and we probably sound like a bunch of crabby old men. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's good to have the camaraderie. Bad you have the, uh, Violence associated violence, with yeah. it, and that's that's what they're trying to get rid of. All right. So if you see T Bone at a match, sing with him. Punch him. Do yes, not we'll punch him. Do not punch me. <laughs> I will not punch back. I will not punch. I will just. I will run away. I will. I will slowly. I will not be as fast as Bobber, but I will run away. All right, guys. Well, thanks again. Uh, let's talk about Nerd Association. Tell people where they can find it again, and what you guys have coming up over what you have out now, what you have coming up, those kind of things. Well, uh, you can find Nerd Association on Twitter. We're at nerd underscore asoc, uh, N E R D underscore A-S-S-O-C. Uh, we talk about Star Wars. We talk about Marvel. We have some things in the works right now talking about Star Wars Celebration. And, of course, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, the, the Disney Plus Star Wars series that has been hotly anticipated. We're going to be talking about that probably next week. When Once it, it wraps yeah, up. Right? It's so, getting to the fifth episode came out today, yeah. right? So uh, as of yeah, as of recording. So anyway, yeah. if you like that kind of stuff, and on Nerd Association we say if you're passionate about something, you're a nerd. That includes sports and comics and whatever else may be. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Six day weeks. Six day weeks. <laughs> yeah, changes to the calendar. Chops is very passionate about that, rightfully Kid so. Kid food versus adult food. <laughs> so you can catch all of that, like I said, wherever you find this podcast, just search Nerd Association. You will find their podcast and subscribe to it. It's a really good thing. And what's the la the last episode you guys have out right now? Um, is it the... I think uh, by the time this airs, oh, right, it'll be yeah. a Star Wars celebration episode okay, where perfect. we talk about what's coming up in, the, in, in Star Wars. Gotcha. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks again, guys. And of course, thanks for listening to Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaptic Italian Village. <laughs>